It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the golf expert, golf guru. we got Uncle Dave in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Dave underscore S. You guys can always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Uncle Dave, here we go. Another Tuesday, another golf podcast. Uh, this week, we're going to go ahead. We're going to Silvis, Illinois, TPC Deer Run for the John Deere Classic. Last year's winner of this event was Lucas Glover. He will return this year to repeat as champion with 45 to 1 odds. The favorite for the John Deere is a little bit of a surprise, at least to me there, Uncle Dave. Whip Simpson at 10 to 1. Now, he hasn't been a favorite all year long, but he will be the favorite here at 10 to 1. I do see Adam Hadwin at a few shops listed as the favorite, but we'll go ahead. We'll call Whip Simpson the favorite right now uh, at 10 to 1. Uncle Dave, this is a weak field. We have zero top 10 golfers. Uh, in the field this week so I'm not sure how you're looking to go ahead and attack this you know when you don't have really any any of the top tier golfers there Uncle Dave and there's not many guys in the top 20 or 25 in the field this week for the John Deere you know do you look at that as like a you know kind of like a disadvantage or an advantage you know we're going ahead we're looking to plug our wagers in I guess it's a little of both I think Sleepy uh, I don't know how you went through these guys but you know I think it's a it's an it's an advantage because you know there's going to be some some money to be made if you can pick the right guys. There's a lot of guys that are that are you know thirty to one or better, or you know eighty to one to be first round leaders, and, and and some of those guys are going to do really well, but you can't take them all. So you have to you have to just dig a little bit deeper, uh, which means it's a disadvantage because it's much much harder, you know, to go ahead and, and and just pull out those guys. So if you do the work, I think it's an advantage because even in a tournament where the field is fairly deep. You know, there's always a few guys that you, you know, the, the 50 to 1 type guys that you think, oh, I, I should have put him somewhere. And I didn't because, wow, this field is pretty deep. So, you know, those things happen every tournament. I think they're more likely to happen here. Uh, we just got to do the work and find them. I think the problem for me there, Uncle Dave, with a tournament like this is that you don't feel super confident in a guy because you just don't know if he's going to go out there and, and perform like a Xander, like you have confidence in a guy like that or a Jordan Spieth, you know, going and looking at some of the guys that are on the board this week, like, yeah, everything looks good on paper, but you just wonder if this guy is good enough to go ahead and get the job done. I think a lot of that just, you know, lies within, you know, the confidence when you're making your pick. Um, is this guy going to go out there and do the job that I think he's going to do? That's the only real hangup that I have, you know, when we get into fields like these, but um, some of the prices that I saw were, were really good. So you guys know how Uncle Dave and I do this. Uh, we'll cover our first round leaders, head-to-heads, make them miss the cut, top 40s through top fives. Uh, I do have a prop here that I'm going to give out. And, of course, Uncle Dave and I will go ahead. We'll give out our winners. Uh, let's do a quick recap there, Uncle Dave. Last week, it shouldn't be too hard. Uh, I had a couple winners. You had a couple winners. Uh, nothing to write home about. It wasn't a bad weekend, but it wasn't a net positive. So not our greatest podcast of the year, but not one that we absolutely got crushed on. So we're certainly looking to go ahead and rebound. Uh, going into this week, I think that we will. Let's go ahead and let's start with our first-round leaders there, Uncle Dave. I'll go ahead. I'll let you have the floor here. I'll let you start out first-round leaders. Who are you looking at? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to last week for just one quick second. I did have Patrick Cantlay to win. So we were looking pretty good until Sunday, and I do not know what the hell happened to Cantlay. But, again, that was last week, and this is this week. So uh, let's go with our first-round leaders, Emmanuel Grillo, 80-1. to 1. Um, I think this is too steep for a guy. He's 10th in shots game, approach from 150 to 175, and that's my, my key stat this week. He's also hitting two-thirds of his fairways off the tee, so 
you know, what's not to like? I think he's a great first-round leader option. I'm sorry, it's 75 to 1. He was 80 to 1 to win. I don't want to ask him to, to do well for four days, and I think he has an early tee time as well. Uh, Patton Kazire at uh, at 80 to 1, at the same price, actually. I think he's 75 to 1 first-round leader. And this is a guy who typically does start well. We've also used him before. I think he tees off early as well. Um, he's in the top 25 in first-round scoring average. Um, I think the first-round leader at 71, 5 to 1 is a far better bet. Again, I play him just like Grillo. Uh, I'm only asking him to play well one day and not four. They both, I believe, they're maybe even in the same group, but they're both off early. I wanted to use Jason Day somewhere at the last minute, and I think this is the place before his back starts bothering maybe. Um, he's a former world number one with 12 career wins. You know, he didn't make the cut last week, which I think could help with his back this week. Uh, because prior to that, he'd been racing, rolling along pretty good. I think he opened with a 63 at the Wells Fargo. So it's in there somewhere. Um, you know, and he's, I, I believe he's the ninth favorite to win. Uh, but I can get him 50 to 1 at first round leader, so I have to take it. Uh, and your boy Webb that you just mentioned um, on DraftKings, I believe he's the second favorite behind Adwin. Um, but he's only 12 to 1. And I do think he's got every chance to win this week. We uh, we were on him last week, and, and I probably would be again. But at 12 to 1, I think I'm going to look for a better bet, uh, or at least a bigger reward with less risk. Uh, and he's 14th in first round scoring average, so 35 to 1 to be first round leader, which is second best odds, and it's behind Hadwin. And Hadwin's only 25 to 1, so that does give me some pause. That's a pretty pretty steep drop to 35 to 1, uh, but I'm not going to bite just yet, so. I will take Webb also to uh, lead after Thursday. All right, good stuff there from Uncle Dave. He didn't pick any of my guys there, Uncle Dave, and I have two. I'm going to go back to a guy that I used last week in Sam Ryder. Uh, he does have an early tee time, and he's been here three straight years in a row. He fired some 66s here, and, you know, I don't know if a 66 is going to be enough to go ahead and get it done, but he's gone low enough here, you know, enough times to go ahead and give me a little bit of confidence in him. He finished second here three years ago, and you know, right now his game's not exactly in a, in, in a bad place. I would say it's probably in a pretty good place. He finished 35th last week at the Travelers and ended his final round with the 66. So you know, he should be good and, and feeling pretty confident, you know, coming off of a off of a decent finish to that tournament. So I'm going to go with Sam Ryder, first round leader, 75 to one. And I'm also going to go with Adam Shank at 65 to one. Now, he's been at this venue, again, like Ryder, for three years in a row. He had a cut, a T6, and a T4, and it's in that order. So he's done nothing but get better and get closer to winning year after year. He does have a couple of low rounds here, 64, 65, and a few 66s in there as well. So this guy can go low, and his odds right now, you know, at 65 to 1, I feel are pretty good. And it's saying right now that his odds to go in and win this tournament are 48 to 1, so... I think there's something something going on there with the pricing, maybe a little bit of a mispricing. So uh, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to use Ryder 75 to one and Shank 65 to one for my first round leaders. Let's jump over to head to heads there. Uh, I have one other Uncle Dave. Let me go first with this one. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take Ches Reevy over Cam Davis. Cam Davis, he, he, honestly, he doesn't have a, a ton of experience here. Just two tournaments and both of those tournaments, he finished in 53rd and 55th. On the flip side, Ches Reevy ton of experience here and he has much better finishes Reeves finished 15th 18th 39th so you know three out of like his last seven out of eight trips here he finished inside the top 40 so i think there's a mispricing here so i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna take Ches Reeve over cam davis for my lone head-to-head -head at minus 110 you got any head-to-heads there uncle dave 
I actually do. Uh, Nick Hardy at minus 130 and a head-to-head over last year's champion, Lucas Glover. Now, you have to ask yourself, why is he minus 130 over the defending champion, for one thing. But to be completely transparent, this is a guy I didn't know a lot about until I was doing a radio show last week, and the host was all about Nick Hardy, and he was spot on. I mean, it's kind of like he was like minus three after day one, and we were talking Friday morning, and he he just said Nick Hardy, Nick Hardy. The guy went out and shot like a 64. Um, So I love him over Lucas Glover, and, and, you know, while we're here, He's just outside the top 125 in FedEx points, so you know, I think those are guys we'll be looking to back going forward. And I think it'll start here with Hardy because I'm also going to bet him top 20 at plus 210. But head-to-head, uh, Hardy over Lucas Glover. All right, good stuff there, Uncle Dave. And a bonus pick for you guys. I'll have one of those coming up here in just a minute. Uh, Uncle Dave, you have any make and miss the cuts? I do have one. I know you normally don't have these, but I do have one for this week. How about you? Well, you know, as fate should have it, Sleepy, I do. Um, we just talked about Nick Hardy, and I really like the guy. And he's, quote-unquote, only minus 215 to make the cut. But I do think that's a, a solid bet. All right. I'm kind of riding with some of the things that you're doing here, Uncle Dave, how you're trying to load up on one guy. And I felt I felt kind of the same way where I had a guy, and he, he just looked so good, and it was like, well, do I use him to win? Do I use him for top 10? Make the cut. Uh, you know, anywhere in the top 40s to top fives. And there were a couple of guys that, that I had that, that really fit the bill. And one of them is not going to be Patrick Rogers. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play him to miss the cut. Now, this is simple. I think that this particular tournament uh, at times will turn into a putting contest. And Patrick Rogers is probably one of the worst putters on this entire tour. Uh, go and look at his putting stats. They're absolutely terrible. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to fade a bad putter here. I think I would probably get a much better price had Patrick Rogers actually not been half decent, and he has been half decent. So uh, I'm going to side with caution here. Instead of throwing a full unit on that wager, I'm going to put a half unit wager on Patrick Rogers to go ahead and miss the cut at plus 175. Let's jump into some top 40s through top fives there, Uncle Dave. Let me go first with this one. I'm going to take Ryan Moore top 10 at 8-1. to uh, Moore last year was second here. And he even won this event back in 2016. He's been here a ton in his career, so he kind of really knows this course. And I think that, you know, this may be one of those courses that are just kind of tailor-made for a guy like Moore. Listen to the finishes that this guy has had over the last 10 years. First, second, seventh, eighth, 18, 22, 24, 55, and cut. And one out of the 10 years, uh, he didn't play. So... No, more, more is like 80% at this course to land inside the top 25. So just to get him inside the top 40, I feel is pretty good here at 8-1. to one. And I think he's probably live to win. Like I was just saying with Uncle Dave, uh, Moore is a guy that I look to use as a first-round leader, head-to-head, uh, any of my top 40s and winners. So uh, Moore is a guy you're going to hear again in this podcast. And I, I don't want a ton of exposure on him, but I have to use him here, uh, especially at 8-1 to one being that he's been inside the top 25 just so many times here at this course. So uh, I'm going to do that there, Uncle Dave. Ryan Moore, top 10 at 8-1. to one. Uncle Dave, top 42, top 5s. It's all yours. What do you got? Yeah, I've got, I got a bunch of them as usual. And I'm going to press the green button on Patrick Rogers, Sleepy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take him top 20, plus 170. Um, I just think he's been trending in the right direction lately. I mean – He's had some struggles on the green lately, but he's been, at one time, a great putter. I mean, he's 25th in shots game putting. I mean, this is a guy that's never won, 
but he's had 17 top tens and made almost 10 million on tour. And I can't take him to win just because he's not solid tee to green, although this would be the tournament to do it. Um, but I didn't do it. I, I'm going to stick him in the top 20. Um, Steve Stricker, you have to. It's a home game for Stricker. Uh, not only is he from the area, this is his 19th start at this event. He's won it twice, made the cut in 17 of them. So top uh, top 20 at plus 270 for a Stricker swan song there. Um, and a guy you had mentioned earlier, so I'm glad we kind of agree on this, Ches Reavy. Um, this one starts with current form. He's been T30 or better for his last five, which includes that eighth place finish last week. This is also, of course, that the shorter hitters have a fighting chance on. And he's, he's third in driving accuracy. So, you know, you don't get to drive off the tee. You've got all kinds of chances. So we're going to take him. Actually, I'm going to digress. I'm going to take him minus 110 and a head-to-head over Cam Davis as well, a guy you used earlier. I found that on DraftKings. I'm going to take a flyer uh, that he finishes top 10 at plus 450. Um, and here's a name I have never used, but David Lipsky. Um, he keeps the ball in the fairway off the tee. He's 29th in accuracy. You know, he played college golf at Northwestern, so he's in familiar territory. Uh, and surprisingly to me, he's 82nd in FedEx points. Uh, I would not have guessed that. And he's won internationally, but not in the PGA. Uh, but he has three of his five top tens in his career. He has them this year. So, so top ten is not out of the question. But top 40 at plus 120, that seems like a real bargain. Um, I'm probably going to use the Gala somewhere. I'm not sure where. Um, but... I think what, both him and Denny McCarthy. Uh, McCarthy's always a great putter. He's playing well. Uh, they're both T50 or better in first-round scoring. But I think uh, better bets is top 20 plus 170 for the gala because we don't know how much he has after last week. Uh, and uh, plus 140 for Denny. I mean, the guy's the fourth favorite to win, and I can get him plus 140 at top 20. And I just need him not to suck to catch that ticket. Uh, and I'll probably throw something also on McNeely. Um, he didn't putt really well at all last week, but he was 30th in putting before last week's deplorable two rounds, which probably a good thing uh, because we faded it head-to-head with Webb Simpson. Um, he's been always a bridesmaid, never a bride, uh, so I can't take him to do, like, super well. Um, but, again, no wins. But seven of his, of his 12 top tens in his career have been this year, so in current form, uh, top 20 plus a buck and a half, my friend. All right, well, there's a handful of guys there for you from Uncle Dave. And Uncle Dave, I kind of fell into the same thing. Like, you know, there were guys who showed up on the stat sheet and showed up, you know, through the past results that that I've never heard of before. Like, uh, just names that I'm not familiar with. And I'm like, well, how the hell do I play this guy? How do I give him out? And the more I look through it, I'm like, boy, I'm really considering using a guy like this because he's just showing up in so many places. And that's one of the reasons why I just decided to give out Ryan Moore top 40. But I could tell you this, that my card is going to have more wagers on it. Like my own personal card will have more wagers. I just didn't think, you know, it was podcast friendly for me to go ahead and talk about guys, you know, that I honestly just don't know enough about. So uh, I do have a few of those guys and, and a bunch of the guys that you that you named off there uh, were certain considerations for me to go ahead and plug in, you know, multiple spots in my card, especially in the top 40s through top fives. Let me give you guys a prop wager that I have here. I don't know, I think you may like this one or you may actually buck this one, but I'm I'm doing it because of because of what I what I think that this play offers me. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna play Jason Day plus one ninety to be the top Australian. I gotta take a good putter here for sure, and Day's a very good putter. 
I think like his only competition here, Uncle Dave, is probably Cam Davis. The other Aussie golfers are all plus 750 or worse. So I feel like I'm looking at it this way. Like I'm going to take Jason Day in a head-to-head against Cam Davis, and I'm getting plus 190. That's not going to happen anywhere. And I don't feel like that I'm asking too much here from Day because he's 35 to 1 and Cam Davis is 45 to 1. So clearly I'm a favorite in that regard. And none of the other Aussie golfers that are out here in this list, I think there's six or seven of them, looks like they're not going to be much of a factor in this tournament. So Jason Day at plus 190 over Cam Davis in a head-to-head, I feel that that's not a bad bet. I'm looking at it more as a head-to-head there, Uncle Dave. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I like it. Um, You know, you were talking about over Cam Davis, basically. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't you fade Cam Davis in a head-to-head? Because I know I did. I did as well. Yeah, so so there... So there you go. Uh, you got you listeners who probably unload on Cam Davis <laughs> because we both like Day in certain spots and we we dislike Davis. But you know the the work says one thing, so let's just hope that that uh, the work is right because uh, we when we're in agreement, we're usually okay. All right. Well, good stuff on that, there, Uncle Dave. Let me go ahead and give my winners out here, Uncle Dave, because I didn't write up anything on these guys. These are guys that showed up on my sheet a ton. And along with a bunch of other guys. But these are the guys that kept showing up. And I do have two long shots here. Let me start with the first one, 130 to 1, Ryan Moore to go in and win. As I said, this guy showed up everywhere that I was looking and everything just looked good. So the fact that I'm going to use him top 10, if I don't use him to win at 130 to 1 and the guy ends up winning, uh, I'm not going to feel very good that I just got 8 to 1 with him with my top 10. I'll, I'll feel pretty bad. But his numbers look good. Everything looks good for him going to this tournament. So. I will use him at 130 to 1. And there's another guy that that I'm not real familiar with, but he just showed up everywhere, and that was Michael Thompson at 150 to 1. So I'm going to use him as well. And a lot of that is just due to, you know, the stats that I saw and everything, and then the line, like 150 to 1. I'm like, this is a tournament where, you know, you get one of those screwball guys that, that show up from time to time. Maybe he might be the guy. And then the guy that we are familiar with, at least name recognition wise, is Doug Gim. At 60 to 1. He showed up all over the place for me as well. So those are the three guys that I'm going to go ahead and and target. I'm guessing I'll probably have another one or two there, Uncle Dave. You know, a couple names that we already had mentioned um, that I have all over my sheet here that that looks pretty good. So let me give those three out for now. Doug Gim, 60 to 1. Michael Thompson, 150 to 1. And Ryan Moore, 130 to 1. Those are my winners there, Uncle Dave. What are you looking at? I got a couple, uh, Sleepy. Christian Mazudenhut at 20 to 1. Um, he's excellent from 150 to 175, which is what one of my, as I said earlier, one of my key stats this week. And you have to ask yourself why. Even in a weak field, he's 20 to 1 in the third favorite. He's also looking for his first win. I mean, it's odd that he'd be 20 to 1, but probably for a good reason. The kid gains strokes everywhere. He's 50th in shots gained total. No shame there. He was cut last week after a 75 on Friday. But, I mean, if you look at his other three uh, three tournaments, um, that's the outlier. So I think current form, ability, and a watered-down field, I think, gives this South African a shot. Um, and my other one is Adam Svensson at 55-1. to 1. He's 13th in approach from 150 to 175. And, and again, that's that's a big one for me. I was on him a few times when he first got Bryson's former caddy on the bag. Um, he doesn't have a win yet, but, you know, this would be the place where he could get one number one. Uh, and with a weak field, a 55 to 1, I love this. He's made four straight cuts. He's finished T25 or better in the last two weeks. He's worked himself to, to 100th in FedEx points 
his strength is approach shot. So if he cannot lose strokes on the green, he may be around Sunday afternoon. So uh, Christian at twenty to one and Adam Svensson at fifty-five to one. Uncle Dave, did you happen to look at the PGA Tour website and see if they scrubbed out all of the uh, LIV guys by chance? I'm just curious because I noticed that you mentioned some names and talking about stats and stuff like that. And I'm just wondering if, you know, if maybe if you think like if the LIV guys are still on that board, you know, that, that maybe that could be, you know, fogging up a little bit of the uh, the statistics that we're looking at. I wonder, have you looked at that yet? Because I, I didn't take notice. Yeah, it's really interesting you ask that question. Um, in fact, they are listed in the statistics, driving accuracy and putting and all that stuff. But what is interesting is I don't see any of them except maybe Brooks Kepka listed uh, in the FedEx points, and that's a huge one. Uh, and maybe Kepka just hasn't been scrubbed out yet because he's a recent defector, uh, and he hasn't actually uh, taken a taken a swing in a tournament yet. Um, but you know that again, that was I think we talked about it last week. If if LIV is allowed to give FedEx points, that is going to change significantly. Now, I doubt that they will, but it sure looks to me uh, like FedEx and the PGA are saying, sorry, guys, uh, because they're not there. Um, I think they're probably still there in the stats, maybe because they haven't done anything about it yet. Um, I haven't looked deep into those, but I know in the FedEx, which that's the important one, uh, only Brooksy, and maybe that maybe it'd be interesting to see if he tees, when he tees off this week. I think I'm going to look immediately and see if he's scrubbed off the FedEx as soon as he hits his first tee shot. I'm guessing you're probably right, being that, you know, Bryson's not on there or Phil or anything like that. Nope. Uh, nope. It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. I did read an article today there, Uncle Dave, and maybe you can give me your two cents on this one. But it looks like the Corn Ferry Tour is going to give out a record number of PGA Tour cards this year. And they said it could be as high as 30 or it was going to be 30. If they're going to give out 30 tour cards, does that mean the tour is going to get bigger? Or does that mean that they probably expect even more guys to take off and leave? And what does that do to, you know, the overall landscape of the PGA Tour now that you're going to end up with, you know, 30 guys that are on the Corn Ferry Tour that are now all of a sudden playing on the PGA Tour? So I don't know if you, if you, if you heard about that, but that's one thing that I heard today. And just curious, you know, what your thoughts are about that. I think it, I think it hurts overall. You know, you're either way, you're losing some of the best golfers in the world and you're replacing them with corn fairy guys and, you know, nothing against those guys doing their thing. But, you know, you don't have a Dustin Johnson out there and you don't have a Brooks Kepka out there. Um, it's next to impossible to replace that type of talent. And I think the viewership, um, you know, will suffer as well. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, I, you know, that's a good question. And, um, I've talked to a couple of guys I know that play on tour, and um, they are in the middle somewhere in the FedEx Cup points and whatnot. And I don't want to bring up names, but you know, there's a lot of them that are that are kind of pissed about that because you know they had to earn their cards the hard way, and you know what they haven't talked about is you know those guys um, they spend well, the average guy spends five or six grand a week. Um, playing in a tournament. Um, and if you don't make the cut, then obviously you get nothing. So, you know, I think that's where the PGA should be looking. Those are the guys that have, you know, supported the PGA, you know, 30 or 40 weeks a year. Um, and, and they probably make enough money over the year to cover that. But, you know, when you see, you know, the top 75 guys now are going to basically get a handout um, and the money the LIV tour is given, and, and now they're giving these guys contrary cards, uh, those guys aren't real happy right now. So 
I think what the PGA ought to do is, you know, invest in the guys that got you there uh, rather than trying to sort of restock. Uh, I know like, part of the reason that they're taking some of those Coinberry guys is so LIV won't. So it's kind of a cluster right now um, in terms of, of uh, you know, how everyone feels. And it's obviously it's segmented, you know, the guys that are that are 75th and above, you know, probably make between 300 and 500,000 a year and, and endorsements and whatnot. And, you know, that kind of covers their travel fees, but that's before taxes. So, you know, the, the elite guys don't care. They always make more in endorsements than they do playing. You know, we've talked about that before. That's why a lot of those big guys just want to win majors. Um, so there's a real, there, there was a divide, and I think the divide is getting bigger. And now I think there's more fractions. You know, there was a divide between 125 and under and 125 and up, and then comes LIB Tour, and now PGA wants to take the top 75 and, and basically scrub everybody else out. So I think you've got the faction of the, the top 75. They go, well, that's great for us. The 75 to 150 guys go, well, that sucks for us because we're spending six grand a week, five grand a week playing. And uh, then you've got the Convert guys coming on, and they're like, Yahoo, we don't have to work that hard. All these other guys did. So, you know, there's a lot of dissension that is not really, I mean, it's alluded to, but it's not talked about publicly. And, you know, I think that eventually it will be. I think the one thing that the PGA has to copy is they have to pay people who don't make the cut. I feel like that is probably their way to not lose the next talent that's coming in because if they're, let's just say I'm, I'm a golfer who's on the fringe. I, I, I could make it. I can't, but if you're going to let me enter a tournament where I know I'm going to get paid and you just said, uncle Dave, like you have to shell out five, $6,000. I don't want to go into debt trying to become a professional golfer. Like these guys probably already have racked up so much debt and now you, you, you give them the opportunity. Well, yeah, I got my tour card, but boy, I'm not good enough to go ahead and make the cut. But I know if I go over here and play and I never sign with the PGA, I'm going to get paid every week. So I'll never, I can, I can pull myself out of debt within, you know, 12 tournaments over here. But I feel like if the PGA goes ahead and they pay their guys to go ahead and make the cut, well, then they get these guys young. They can get them locked in. And there could be future stars there to where, you know, the LIV becomes, you know, less and less impressive out throughout the years that maybe the, the top guys eventually just, they, they don't leave eventually. But I think they have to find a way to go ahead and lock in that youngest talent and I believe that it's probably saying, hey, you know, the money's right here on the table. All you got to do is just enter the tournament and you're good no matter if you get cut or not. Because those guys are all going to grow too. But you don't want them growing, getting paid in their pocket. And I get it. Some of those guys had to earn it the hard way. But you don't want the, you don't want to have this big massive divide where, you know, half the, half the American golfers and everybody else who was on the PGA ends up taking off. So it'll be interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of developments over the summer for sure. But uh, as of right now, it looks like they're starting to scrub some of those guys uh, off the stat sheet. But with that said, that'll wrap up the podcast. Good stuff there, Uncle Dave. I think we'll do all right this week. You guys know where to find us on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame at Dave underscore Esler. You guys could always get us at TheBettingPredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck. Enjoy the games. <laughs>